train down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASCAR going. Keep the ball the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. Actually, we're not in the golf house tonight. Uh, we are live from Dewey's Sports Bar on Turkey Lake Road, along with my great co-host in the house, Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club. And we have Dr. Bob Winters from the Ledbetter Golf Academy and our social media ace, Will Perry from Evis always keeping you connected with us and as always you can uh, listen to us here on the live radio or our live stream and podcast on the golfinsiders.com like us on facebook or tweet us at the golfinsiders.com we're happy to be here tonight hanging out at dewey's uh, got a great event going on here with the ready golf league and we're going to be hearing more about that in a little bit Got uh, just a great lineup for you all tonight, and we're just uh, fun to be out and about. What's uh, going on here, Will Kevin Sternett? Big win over the weekend at the Quicken Loans. William Hurley the third, B Hurley three, uh, on Twitter, yeah, winning. Uh, just again, we love these Cinderella stories in golf. Oh yeah, what a great win! Um, and right there, you had, uh, gosh, who else was up there? VJ Singh was up there for a while. You Bernie had, Els, uh, John, John, John Rahm, John Rahm, John yeah. Rahm in his first rookie event. Yeah, too bad he, um, oh, poor guy. I would love to have seen him win. He'll be down at the Barracuda this week, so we'll see how he can do. But uh, yeah, it was really nice to see Billy, Billy, Billy Hurley the third pulling it out. Um, I just read today where he said he was going to miss the Open Championship to attend his sister's wedding. I mean. What a class act right there. The guy goes into the Navy and then comes out, plays golf, and then just class act. What do you think, Dr. Bob? I think it's great. Billy is uh, one of the real class acts on tour. And I remember just a few years ago when he made his professional debut at Bay Hill. And we had the press conference. And uh, I sat in along with several other you know, people from the media. And I think I was the only, like, sports psychologist or mental coach there. And I knew, you know, a long time ago that Billy was going to have, you know, some promise. And uh, he really got the job done. So, it's, you know, kudos to him and his whole family. And what a great celebration, you know, for Billy Hurley. And nice guys do finish first. Nice guys do finish first. I will attest to that. And, like, the uh, PGA Tour isn't difficult enough to not only get your card and stay on tour, Dr. Bob. But this is certainly not the normal route, having to uh, put his time into the military, uh, served in the Navy. And uh, he's now 34. So, you know, that's fairly late to be out and competing when you're just kind of getting your career going. Well, here's kind of an inside story. Uh, Years ago, when he was actually uh, at Bay Hill, he actually showed up in his dress whites. 
And Mr. Palmer, the king, you know, actually noticed him. He said, who is that good-looking young man? And they told him it was Billy Hurley. He said, I want to see him. I, you know, I'd like to introduce him, you know, into my field, have him here and, and have him participate. They said he's a great player. And, and Mr. Palmer said, you know, sign him up. Let's get him in. And then the rest is history. Yeah. What yeah. a great story. And uh, that, that chip-in course on 15, which probably has got to be one of the shots of the year up to this point. And just his backstory, I'm sure many um, listened to it over the weekend. Uh, you know, it was last year when his father disappeared and, uh, as it turned out, um, committed suicide, unfortunately. And, of course, a very, very tough time for he and his family. And, um, you know, golf just seems to... Um, to give back in so many ways, and, and, and this one, uh, other than I think the, the rainbow coming out on the 18th hole, was truly something made for the movies in terms of how he just seemed so calm, Bob, you know, um, coming down the stretch. And he had some, you know, big-time guys on his heels, Ernie Els, oh, yeah. all right, and, and VJ Singh, two Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, that could rattle your cage a little bit as well as your nerves. Yeah, FedEx champion Bill Haas. Remember, he won the Tour Championship and the FedEx Championship at Eastlake a few years ago. So, well, that's, that is one of the things we're always trying to get players to understand is that who's in control? Are you in control of your golf game or is your golf game in control of you? And whenever you have a player who acts actually in sort of, you know, that zone of control, they understand they can't control anyone else. They're, they're in charge of their own destiny, and that's really what you want to have happen. You want to have a player say, hey, this is what I know I can do, and let's do what I know. And so they go out, and they perform well. Next thing you know, they're in the winner's circle. And then they look back, and they go, huh, that seemed pretty easy. You know, Why did it take me so long to do it? Uh, you're listening to the Golf Insiders. We are coming to you live from Dewey's Sports Bar over in Turkey Lake Road. Uh, Dr. Bob John Rahm, we got a chance to see him, the amateur, low amateur in the U.S. Open. Um, just seems to be a guy that's got a ton of game. And tell us, you've worked with so many high school kids and college kids, how, these, how they come out so ready to compete on tour. Well, you have to understand, most of these kids are starting seven, eight, nine years of age with the U.S. Kids Golf Program, first tee programs. Then they're actually in local, regional, national, junior tournaments. They go through the Hurricane Tours, the Florida Golf Tours, you know, any state golf tour. Then they advance to uh, SCWT, the IJGT, the AJGA. I mean, there's a, a lot of great you know, junior golf tournaments. But by the time they get to be 15, 16, they're pretty grizzled veterans. And, you know, they have traveled quite a bit. So they have learned how to, you know, play one shot at a time. They've learned how to focus. They've had a lot of failure. They've had a lot of success. So by the time they get to college and get, you know, to sort of these developmental or even the tour level, they're ready to play golf. And they understand really what they can do, what they cannot do. And if they just go out there and play their game the way they know it, they usually end up doing pretty well. And that's really what we have. We have a whole generation since, you know, sort of the post-Tiger Woods. We have a lot of people that grew up, you know, watching Tiger. Now we have people growing up watching Lydia Ko now. We have people, you know, watching Jason Day, Jordan Spieth. So you've now got a whole new crop of kids. So it's a bumper crop almost every four to five years with new players, you know, new people coming up. And God love them. That's really what I love to do is take those junior players and, and help them develop into collegiate champions and tour champions. And so, uh, but it's the same thing. It's, you have to teach them mental discipline. Emotional balance, uh, energy arousal. Uh, you've got to, you know, help them understand that patience 
is confidence waiting to happen. And, uh, and for young players, that's the toughest thing because they want to have everything right now, <laughs> as everyone does. Speaking of young players and a very confident one, Lydia Ko racking up her third win of the 2016 season. 19 years old, she's got 13 victories on the LPGA Tour already, Dr. Bob. She shoots 28 on the back nine on Saturday for a 62. Ended up finishing, I believe, four strokes over Morgan Pressel on Sunday. You know, she's unbelievable. Well, she's just a great great spirit, a blithe spirit. She's sort of a 19-year-old with sort of a 40-year-old brain as far as golf. She has a maturity level, and she also has a social media and sort of a media presence about her. She just gives back so much. She's so gracious under fire, both on the golf course and in front of a microphone in the video camera. And in just talking with Lydia, and obviously she works you know, with Dr. Jim Lair. I actually help her out, and we talk you know, sometimes. She's just a happy person. You know, her family, the support team, the Ledbetter people around her, just giving her a lot of support, and she's having fun. And when we talk about golf, the first three letters in the word fundamental is fun. And she is really the poster child for having fun on the golf course. Hey, and I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to have fun when you're winning, and you're winning, oh, yeah. you know, and you're winning a lot of championships at 19 years of age. But let's get right to it. You know, is it the chicken or the egg? Is she having fun because she's shooting great golf? Or is she having you know, all these championships because she's having fun while enjoying the game? Well, and the, thing is, the thing that I take away from Lydia when she's playing is that how in control of her game she is. She doesn't overpower a golf course. She manages a golf course. She plays the golf course, I believe, from the green to the tee box. And, you know, she sets herself up for the next shot. She sets herself up for many shots. And I'm very impressed with the way she handles herself. Even when she hits a bad shot, she doesn't get upset. She just calmly walks up. Finds it, hits it, back into play, and, and goes along with her business. Well, I, I agree with you 100%. She also is plays golf like a surgeon. She makes surgical cuts from the tee to the middle of the fairway to a specific part of the green, and then she putts great. I mean, obviously, she's got that odyssey with that wonderful rosemark grip that she has and that, you know, I put on her... Uh, putter of, you know, about a year ago, and, you know, the rest is history for Rosemark putters because it's sort of that tension-free grip. It sort of molds to your hand, and she's got her own custom-made putter now, that putter grip, the Rosemark, and I tell you what, she's just a poster child, you know, for great putting. I think she's yeah. leading the LPGA Tour in putting, and I've got to tell you, if you're hitting down the ball down the middle of the fairway, putting on the green, making putts, you're going to win tournaments. Well, she's saving her body as well. She's not putting any undue torque or pressure on her body you know the longer hitters such as the michelle wees uh paula creamers i mean they're they put a lot into their golf swing every single swing and they get injured quite a bit i don't i don't know lydia is going to save herself down the road for many many years brooke henderson's another one oh, uh, i love the way brooke plays as well so and she's well, young she's and, learning and i'll tell you what let's go back a few weeks ago to that you know lpga playoff i thought that was the greatest thing you know for the lpga you know, to have you know brooke henderson you know another what you know 18 year old from canada going against lydia ko you know number one in the world you know from new zealand here you had head-to-head that was some of the very best head-to-head drama on the ladies' tour that I've seen in maybe 10 to 15 years. On an extremely difficult golf course. Unbelievable golf course, you know, and up there and, you know, tree-lined, tight, and for them to hit shots like that. And how about, you know, Brooke 
making a great decision. Instead of hitting the fancy shot, she takes that 100-foot putt and sinks it from off the green for eagle to really create that momentum drive coming down the stretch. And it was really kind of ironic to see Lydia miss about a six-footer right there on hole 17. Right. And then for the, you know, the championship to come down, the final hole, then they actually do the sudden victory you know, playoff to have Brooke you know, knock it in there and knock the putt in. Fantastic. Just great drama, great for women's golf, great for all golfers, and great for viewing. And what do you think about DJ finally closing the deal at the U.S. Open? I think, you know, that's, you know, poetic justice. I think he's gone through a lot of different trials and tribulations ever since Whistling Straits, you know, the PGA Championship, and then, you know, Chambers Bay last year. So I, I think it's fantastic for DJ. And I think, you know, on the greens there at Oakmont, he putted, you know, very, very well, obviously, because those are the most treacherous greens in the world. Oh, yeah, we have a member of ours that went up there uh that uh, is a member there, and uh, he said there, there's no other greens that he's ever played on. And he's members at many, many golf courses, and he just said those greens are spectacular all the time. And even Lee Trevino said there's only one golf course in America that can hold the U.S. Open at any given moment, Oakmont. That would be Oakmont. And I've had you know so many players tell me that before they go to Oakmont, I always tell them, I say, go in your garage on the concrete floor and actually practice, you know, seeing that ball just roll away, roll away, roll away, because that's what you'll have at Oakmont. No doubt about that. So, Dr. Bob, it's going to be a jam-packed schedule for the rest of the season. We've got the uh, British Open, the Open Championship, which will be coming up next. Uh, then, you know, the PGA Championship, which is two weeks later. Of course, the schedule this year has been uh, rearranged due to the Olympics occurring in August, which we'll have much more conversation about in our next segment. Um, but, you know, what's it going to take for these guys? Because clearly this is going to be a, a long road from here through to the Tour Championship and then the Ryder Cup. Well, you know, that's why they're professionals. And that's why they have, you know, team and they have a manager, you know, on them. And they have to take a look at their schedule. And that's how you sort of conserve energy. You, you sort of pick your shots and, and go there and play them and realize that, you know, the job's dangerous when you took them. But let's think about it. These are professional golfers. They're, you know, great athletes. They're traveling around the country. They're playing on some of the most manicured, you know, most uh, challenging courses in the world. But these guys are professionals, and this is what they have dreamed ever since they were little boys and little girls, you know, to play in some of the best tournaments in the world. And so they have to accept the challenge. That's the biggest thing. I don't think it's, you know, do you have to get up for these? Do you have to get motivated for these? I think they're ready to go. And that's why I love, you know, at any time, anywhere here on the the planet Earth, we've got a great golf tournament going on. So it's a great time to be a professional or an amateur golfer. And this uh, week, we've got the World Golf Championships, the Bridgestone Invitational, which, again, uh, moved up from its normal slot in August, which uh, caused a few problems for some of the players, including Rory McIlroy, who is overplaying in France. Um, You know, a couple of the players opted to do that because they were going to get some additional points for the European squad playing over there. Um, Sean uh, Lowry back uh, playing in the... the, um, WGC, but who's on your radar for this week? Firestone, a tough golf course. Well, I tell you what, you know, the person who actually drives it well at Firestone, you know, that's going to be the person. I mean, it's hard for me to predict, you know, who's going to win, but Firestone is always known to be a big hitter, straight hitters golf course. So it's going to be a great championship. All right. Well, we've got a lot of golf talk coming up. Stay with us. The Golf Insiders will be right back. 
had an impact, actually. Uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. We are live from Dewey's Sports Bar on Turkey Lake Road, where it is happening over here. We got a whole bunch of guys hanging out uh, in the golf simulators with the Ready Golf League. And we're going to be talking to Josh Broker all about that really, really cool, cool organization in uh, a little later in the show. But we have uh, one of our favorite golf insiders sitting right next to us tonight, the one, the only, Jeff Babino from Golf Week Magazine and GolfWeek.com is in Dewey's with us, hanging out. Hey, Babs. It's fun to be on the inside with you guys. Nice. I know. And yeah, you're uh, and you're not on the road out uh, covering the, the WGC this week. Got to got to take a little break before the fourth. Take a little break before Troon, getting ready for that. That'll be nice. And uh, then we get the condensed, you know, the PGA right behind it, and uh, off we go. Playoffs, Ryder Cup, and. Uh, Here's the busy stretch everybody talked about all year long. Now, are you going to be going to the Olympics as well? I'm not doing the Olympics. Uh, no, I, it's just we assigned. We have a guy in London who's going to be covering, and uh, Alex Maselli, who works with us, is going to be covering. And I'll be watching it for sure, but uh, it's going to be interesting, no doubt. Alex is not afraid of any kind of scoop <laughs> mosquito. I know that. Um, so let's get right into it because that has certainly been the hot topic the past uh, week. Uh, the Olympics, the, in fact, yesterday, uh, Jason Day announcing that he will not be going to Rio. Uh, he joins a number of players uh, that will not be going. Uh, your, your thoughts on all this? Thanks. Yeah, you know, I get asked to write a column about it yesterday on GolfWeek.com, and the only word I could come up with was unfortunate. You know, golf wants to put its best foot forward. First time in the Olympics in 112 years, and now you're missing Jason Day and Adam Scott and Rory McIlroy. Justin Spieth's on the fence. Uh, it's just unfortunate. You know, it's just it's kind of like a perfect storm of, of all these factors. I don't think it's only just the Zika virus scheduling. It's, you know, it's busy. It's, it's new to these guys. I don't think for the men it's the, the biggest tournament of their year. And uh, all these factors kind of combine, and, and we're not going to have our best players there. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the format. Apparently they went to the players and asked them what, you know, type of format they wanted and they said 72 whole stroke play which again seems to me all right it's just another tournament so that to me uh, i thought was not i didn't have a lot of foresight but then i think you've got other things you know as we've talked about you know kids don't grow up thinking about i'm gonna play golf in the olympics they think i'm gonna be playing for the green jacket or you know the claret jug if you grow up across the pond so, you know, I think there's different orientation to, because the Olympics, golf was never in the Olympics. Now, for swimmers and runners and, you know, so many others, you know, it's, it's the big, big accomplishment for their sport. So I think, you know, that plays in too, don't you? Yeah, I think it's kind of the great unknown. You know, they don't know what they're getting into down there. I, I think it's going to be a really cool moment. You know, Roy McIlroy, uh, you know, a couple months ago in, in Charlotte was talking about he could look back in 20 years and it might be one of his coolest accomplishments winning a gold medal. So, yeah, I don't think they take the decision real lightly. It's not like these guys don't love their countries. Uh, Adam Scott says every time he tees it up, he represents Australia. So, uh, and, and to your point, 
it's not the biggest event on the men's schedule. And it's funny, I, I think for the women, you might make the case winning a gold medal might be the biggest thing you could do this year. And, and for the men, I don't think that's the case. And when I said that, my wife heard me say that and said that was very sexist. <laughs> I said, I don't really, it's, it's the reality, I think. I think the women are hanging in there because winning a gold medal is going to be unbelievable. And, and the men don't really know what they're going to get into there. Right. And we talked about that last week with Rory. Uh, not playing, and now you have, and Adam Scott not playing, and all these different guys. You have the World Golf Championships, you have the Masters, the Claret Jug, the U.S. Open, PGA Championships. These are big events and stuff like that. You have Ryder Cup this year. You have the Presidents Cup. So going down to Rio, you know, what are really the the other safeties? You know, the water, the living conditions, the travel, the um, uh, could they get mugged? You know, the, the the unknown really of all the bad things that they've heard about Rio. And now you have the first woman golfer uh, from South Africa today who decided, uh, just, what, a half hour ago, decided she's not going to play now. Now does that open up the door for more women and them saying that they don't want to go? I know Lexi Thompson came out and said, look, I'm, I'm playing. That's it. Unless my team tells me no, I'm playing. So Yeah, and it could open the door. And, uh, you know, Brittany Lindsacombe isn't in the U.S. side right now, but she talked to Beth Ann Baldry on our staff and, had some reservations. You know, she just got married. She's looking to start a family. Uh, as you say, I mean, for us, being so far away from it, it might be a lot of overreactions to what the danger really is or, or what it might be with security there, with the government in shambles, and they're talking about funding dilemmas, things like this. But all these little factors just kind of pile up. And, and with these guys facing the schedules that they're facing this summer and such a condensed uh, schedule of big events, I think it's easy to say I'm, I'm not going. You know, do you think that players really bought into the concept, of the you know, uh, on the men's tour, Jeff? What's your you thought? Know, I think so. I mean, they obviously went to these players before lobbying to get back in the Olympics. And, I mean, they got back in, I think, a decision was made in 2009. And, I mean, I, I can remember the Olympic decision being announced, and what went through your head was, wow, Tiger's going to be 40, but that's going to be cool, watching Tiger in the Olympics. And, who knew what we were going to watch ahead of us in the next six, seven years? Uh, but I think the players bought in. And, and I do think if we were going to Tokyo first and then to Rio, it might be a little different. Uh, and, and we might not get golf in the Olympics beyond Tokyo. That's the sad reality now. And that's what these guys have to live with. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on these guys. Yeah, I saw where they're going to be. Uh, they're going to look at it and vote on it next year, 2017. Though they're going to have it in Tokyo, but they may not have it in 2024. In the Olympics, I mean, golly, eight years—that would be crazy. You only get two, two uh, hasn't been there in 112 years, and now you only get it yeah. twice. Be quick in and out. Better get that gold medal quick. That's They're right. going. All right, well, we got to take a break. Stay with us, Babs. Uh, there's a lot more golf talk coming up. The Golf Insiders live from Dewey's Sports Bar. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could, we just make us We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. 
Coming to you live from Dewey's Sports Bar and Grill over in Turkey Lake Road. Have all these awesome golf simulators over here. Hey, it is toasty hot right now outside. You just grab your clubs, come over here. You can swing away, have a few adult beverages. I think maybe our crew is going to tee it up after we uh, pop up the show. And as usual, I have a great team tonight of co-hosts. Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club. We have Jeff Babineau from Golf Week and GolfWeek.com. He's off the tour and spending a little time with us tonight. We're very lucky. Bob Winters, Dr. Bob uh, from the David Ledbetter Golf Academy, who happens to have his signature golf bag here at Dewey's. Absolutely. Up, up on the wall of fame. I'm looking up there. There's probably a lot of old golf balls in that bag. Yeah, Dr. Bob, maybe uh, you need to get that down and, and grab a few. And as always, our social media wizard, Will Perry. He is streaming stuff out, live Facebook just keeping you in touch with us. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, tweet us at the Golf Insiders, and you can check out our new blog, The Insight Take, with all kinds of cool commentary on thegolfinsiders.com. So, Jeff, we've got the WGC, um, you know, World Golf Championship, big tournament in Akron. It's the Bridgestone now, even though it's played at Firestone. Gets us all a little confused. (laughs) And this tournament has moved from August because of the shuffling around. So, um, you know, then we've got the, the Open Championship coming. Then the PGA, two weeks behind that. Um, you know, it's going to be crazy here. we got the 100th French Open going on this week. So they weren't very pleased that the WGC moved up against that. Uh, and Rory's over there playing. Rory's over there. Put Shane Lowry in a tough spot. He was defending in Akron. He needs the Ryder Cup points. They're double this week in France. He made the call to defend his championship. I give him a lot of credit for that. Hope he makes that Ryder Cup team. I hope so too. He's a you know a great you know uh, personality, isn't he? I yes. mean He's I mean, he had a lot of people really rooting for him at the Open. Now that brings up you know a whole can of worms. We could talk about the Open with the USGA and you know did Dustin you know move the ball? Did he not? Did he? And then to be able to have sort of this. Uh, I guess, you know, sort of absurd, you know, ongoing ruling when he played. Because I'll tell you what, it's, it's amazing because the USGA is in charge of rules and competitions. And I give them all the credit, you know, for doing some great work. But for the last couple of years, they've actually dropped the ball. They dropped the ball at Chambers Bay because we should have had a golf course that was as green as an Irish meadow. Okay, and it turned out to be UPS Brown. And this year, we know we have, you know, the, the best, you know, rules, you know, committee in the world. And they're actually making it a debacle. And it could have been really a travesty if DJ had not come through. And, and, and daggone, you know, all kudos, you know, to Dustin because he's been in some tough situations before and he came through. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people are really happy that he's our U.S. Open champion today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Dustin really saved the day for the USGA. That could have been a mess. If he stood over that four or five footer on 18, not knowing if with a one shot lead, and not knowing, what do you do? I mean, it's uh, it was just a poor situation, and and just uh, if the USGA was that convinced that they were going to penalize him, which they obviously had that in mind that they were going to, then give him the penalty on the 12th tee and get on with it, and, and it won't affect all the play on the back nine. And I was walking with Dustin, 
and fans were angry because they didn't know how the competition stood. Well, I said, it, yeah. you know, it'd be like on the seventh game of the NBA, LeBron steps on the, uh, you know, three-pointer line, and they say, hey, we think you might have, but we're not going to tell you until the game's over. That's really? Right. Right. Absolutely. But see, that's the whole point right there, you know, on the 12th hole. Now the USGA is almost holding the entire tournament and tournament field hostage through maybe this precarious decision. And it affects all players. I mean, let's, let's not, you know, uh, you know, BS anyone here. It does affect everyone in the field because you don't know. Sergio at that time, you know, was maybe one or two shots within the lead. He actually hit a poor drive, you know, right there around that time. And, you know, there's a lot of things change, you know, and, and people feel that energy. They're looking at the leaderboard, and then they hear the scuttlebutt. So, you know, even though you try to focus, you know, on your own stuff, and I tell you what, there's some you know, things going on there. Now, speaking about your energy changing with Shane Lowry, obviously things did not go so well for him on the closing holes. And, Babs, as you know, the U.K. press can be a little bit tough on its players. And there were some uh, suggestions that Shane maybe needs to shed a few pounds to keep his energy up and uh, be able to take it to the barn on Sunday. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure they didn't say that in person to Shane. It's probably yeah, through the written word. But uh, yeah, they had a tough day with their boys. Lee Westwood had a chance to finally break through, and Sergio was in there with a chance to break through, and Lowry had a tough day. But he's a good player, and he plays the tough courts as well, and uh, he's going to be there at some U.S. Opens, I think. What do you think about the, the WGC? Who should we have our eyes on uh, this week and weekend? Um, what about... Jordan, you think he he needs to kind of fire up before the Open Championship, get yeah, a little sure. good mojo going? Yeah, I'm sure all these guys are looking to get some momentum. I like the way Jason Day just seems so focused again. He's rolling in there early and, and likes that golf course and wants it to play firm and fast and welcomes a tough challenge. Uh, Justin Rose plays very well there. He's got four or five top fives the last few years there. Uh, he's in there tough, and uh, it should be good. You know, it's just a... Pretty straightaway, long, bruising golf course, but uh, it's given us some great finishes before. And we want to—I want to point out also that Bubba Watson is playing there and has um, really been terrific in bringing, um, you know, home literally the devastation up in West Virginia, in particular um, White Sulphur Springs, where the Greenbrier is located, and of course the PGA Tour having to cancel next week's event. Um, his wife is up there, you know, uh, volunteering and helping out, and uh, they're contributing $250,000 to the flood victims, and kudos to Bubba, and I think he's really brought that attention to a lot of the players as well as the public. Yeah, I mean, he had those videos online on his uh, through Twitter, and I, I didn't realize they were live. I don't know if it was something in older videos. Amazing. I wasn't that up-to-date on what was going on there weatherwise. And uh, it was the devastations there is just incredible, and uh, it would have been pretty small for golf to step in and try to save a golf tournament when there's big life problems going on there. So I, I think the PGA definitely made a, a real swift and good move, saying we'll we'll catch up with this golf tournament next year, but let's help the people 
of the Greenbrier area and get them back on their feet. And Jim Justice, who's the owner and has really been instrumental in renovating the hotel there and, uh, you know, historic hotel, has opened up the, the, the doors to, you know, a lot of the, the people that have lost their homes and um, that are in need. So, you know, really, really kudos to him as well. Yeah, where, uh, we're really proud to be involved with the sport. No doubt. And Bubba getting in there. I mean, Bubba's got a big heart. You know, he's a kind of a... I think socially awkward sometimes, you know, the way he came out on tour and everything and through the University of Georgia, things are tough on him, but uh, he's got a big heart, and I think he shows it a lot of ways. Question, uh, of course, uh, the Quicken Loans is Tiger's tournament. He was not able to play. He sat in on a lot of the broadcast, intimated that he might not be back in 2016, you know, that he's trying hard, and, you know, it's really about getting in golf shape which he said requires playing 36 holes a day and, you know, being able to play, as we know, four or five days in a row. Do you think maybe seeing uh, the likes of Ernie Els and VJ on the leaderboard <laughs> this past weekend oh, there's you know, no doubt. gave him some new hope? Well, there's no doubt, Holly. I mean, I bet Tiger is, you know, he's really trying to get through all of these different injuries, but this physical rehabilitation is one thing. The psychological rehabilitation is another. You never know when you're going to make that swing, when you're going to feel that twinge. And that is really the greatest fear for an older athlete who's been injured and been repeatedly injured, and now they have multiple injuries. They have a lot of scar tissue. And obviously, you know, Tiger has sort of ravaged his body through a lot of the weightlifting and a lot of the sort of precarious adventures he does, you know, in the off season to get himself fit to create that edge. But I think that's the one thing. I don't think he's going to actually go out until he is absolutely, positively guaranteed that I'm ready to play. So we may not see him until 2017. So, hey, listen, you know, here we are. It's already almost the 4th of July. So let's just kind of hold, hold our breath here a little bit for Tiger. I don't think he's interested in sitting in, that, um, in the broadcast booth anytime soon. <laughs> you think that's... Yeah, I don't think uh, Faldo's in danger of losing his job there, right? But uh, I'm relieved Tiger's not back out. You know, when we heard whispers, it might be at Memorial. We might see him at Oakmont. Uh, I was saying, please, I hope we don't. I, I, you know, this guy's going to have one chance, I think, at really making another run. And you want him to be fully ready to do it. Um, and so he has time. He has, he has all the time he needs. So take the time. And as Dr. Bob says, when you come back out here, be ready to compete and and be ready. And it would be great to see him make one more run with these young kids. I think they would welcome it. They want to see Tiger at his best and and go up against that. They want to see that. All right. Tell our listeners how they can check out all the great coverage at Golf Week. Well, you can check us out at golfweek.com. We're we're in France this week. We're at the French Open, and we're at Akron. Adam Schupak's up there, and we're all over the place, so I hope people come and visit us and uh, check out all that we do in golf. And all your special coverage as, as well during the week. Golf Week Magazine and GolfWeek.com. Jeff Babineau right here from Orlando sitting in with us tonight. Thanks so much, my friend. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We have a lot more golf talk coming up. Stay with us live from Dewey's Sports Bar and Grill. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really natural to me. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. We're back. 
the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk live. What a great hour it's been. Dewey's. Two of the greatest. Sports Grill, indoor golf, over on Turkey Lake Road. If you have never been here, you've got to come check it out. Why be out there sweating away in the 95-degree weather when you can be in here playing any golf course in the world and uh, having a cool beverage and just having a great time? And we want to thank our sponsors tonight, uh, and we're now going to spend a little time with Josh Broker from the Ready Golf League and Lee Goldberg, correct? Yes. Lee, it's great to have you as well. And uh, we got a great, great event going on here, Josh. Tell us all about the Ready Golf League. Yeah, so Ready Golf League, I started about a year ago, and I'm looking to create a uh, networking platform for business professionals in the Central Florida area, taking advantage of the fact that uh, most of the business professionals that I've ever met play golf. So what better platform to put that together, kind of like a LinkedIn meets golf, uh, and just you know, taking all of the business professionals that I've ever met and having their referrals coming in and, and more and more and more people pouring into events like this, uh, looking to get 25, 30, 40 people together, uh, kind of an open networking uh, system where you know, we don't want to you know, single people out where you're using uh, industry-specific networking platforms. This is open to the public, open to everybody. Uh, you know, we do this the last Wednesday of every month. And then uh, we do various golf events throughout Central Florida area. So we're bringing charities together. We're bringing people together, business professionals, uh, more or less just on a networking platform, like I said. So uh, Lee is uh, one of my best friends in the world, and uh, he owns a REMAX office, or I'm sorry, he's a, a realtor of a REMAX office with the GCI guys. And I wanted to get him involved tonight uh, to kind of touch base on some of the things that he's doing with them and some of the things that he's doing with uh, Ready Golf League to put these tournaments on as well. So. Well, I'll say this. What's really cool about Ready Golf League and the fact that we're here tonight, here at Dewey's, and we're doing radio, and it's really bringing everyone who wants, we all have one goal, and that's have some fun, play some golf, talk some golf, and uh, get some business going, whether it's for us, for real estate with the GCI guys, or someone with another company, or T-Mobile, etc. We're all here for the one goal, and I think that's what's great about Ready Golf League, because it's not just here, the one once a month meetup type deal, but there's great tournaments that are happening at great courses that are dirt cheap that you can't go out and play these courses that Josh and Ready Golf League has set up. You can't go out and play the Ritz-Carlton for, you know, $75 or whatever it is. With the Ready Golf League, you can, and you're having fun. You're meeting people for your business, and it's a tournament winning great prizes. So Josh is on to something big, and for me as a business owner, and I'll be honest with you guys, a little secret here. I don't really like golf, okay? I, I don't like to sit outside and sweat. That's why Dewey's is great. That's why but you're here. To, that's why I'm here tonight. But to be able to come together and help do what I need to do business-wise and sponsor events, I think it just ties everything very well together. And then with some of the community platform stuff that he's doing, it's a win-win for everyone here in Central Florida. It really is. Well, we know golf has always been a great tool because you have that ability to really get to know somebody when you go out and spend four <laughs> or five hours with them on the golf course. But, you know, a lot of times those things are set up either through, you know, corporate outings, charity events, or, you know, things that you're doing for your own company, uh, or, you know, if you're playing client golf. So I love the fact that you've kind of put two things together as sort of a no-brainer saying, hey, let's actually structure it and create it around, you know, golf and networking. And if if you've been to the website, rgl.golf, 
uh, you'll see you, know, you can create a networking platform for yourself, create your profile and your networking preferences, and from there I will then pair you accordingly with the people that you're trying to meet on the golf course. So like you said, you're spending four or five, and sometimes if you're playing with this guy, probably six hours on the course. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're peeling back the layers. So you've, you've bent their ear back, and you can really, really openly network with everybody that you're playing with. It's not just your playing companion, but the foursome that you're playing with. Well, here's the let's think like this. In, in business, right, golf is obviously, like you just said, a very good conduit to bring two parties together to see how can these two forces work together, in whether it's someone as an employee or to do some sales together, etc. So when you have a platform like Josh is putting together, which I feel there's a need out there and the need for guys like me to come and sponsor stuff like this to get our message out there to a whole other demographic that you're trying to attack. And you look at it like this. You know, how many times do people be like, hey, listen, let's go play golf on Friday. You know, great. So two, you and maybe one other guy or maybe two other guys, you're going to go play. You're going to pay an arm and a leg to go play Celebration or Metro West. Uh, great courses, by the way. Uh, when I say arm and leg, meaning that's what the retail prices but then with ready golf league you're taking that off your schedule you're now putting on something bigger and you're pinpointing exactly who's the right person for you to play with and then you're doing it at a discount and a guy like me named goldberg i like that so it's all good you know well i pay retail <laughs> hey absolutely <laughs> so how uh, again how do people find out about this and um you know if they want to come out to an event you have a schedule yeah so our schedule is posted on our website again rgl.golf uh, anybody's more than welcome to at least just sign up to get some more information. These events are open to the, the public. So from, from that standpoint, I want to kind of get the, uh, the message out there and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and again, that's playing golf and networking. Uh, and that's like Lee said, it's a great conduit to bring both of those together. And, and that's the system that we bring. Fantastic. And that website again is? RGL.golf. All right. And what's happening here tonight? Have uh, we got some birdies? Uh... I've been, uh, been kind of networking myself, so I've been focused on uh, the, the play per se, but I've definitely seen some long drives and some close to the pins for sure. As it should be. Well, we thank Ready Golf League and Dewey Sports Bar and Grill for hosting the Golf Insiders tonight. Uh, we will be back in studio next week. WGC. Uh, Have a great week and weekend and a safe 4th of July. We love you. Bye-bye.